This is the MMA Takes Podcast with your host, Brian Petrie. Welcome, YouTube. YouTube land. Uh, I guess I'm live, right? No one's watching. Doesn't matter. I'm recording. Going to be a live podcast. I'm, excuse me, not used to the camera yet. So pardon me if uh, if I'm not looking here, I'm looking here, I'm looking here. I got a lot of places to fucking look, okay? So let's get that out of the way. I'm not used to the camera yet, right? My camera or my hair is camera ready. That's for sure. If you're listening to this only audio, you're probably confused. You're like, why is this guy talking about YouTube? Yada, yada, yada. Um, yeah, well, I don't blame you. I should probably send a tweet out, right? Live on, uh, hold on, isn't there like a link I can get? Let's see. Popping up. Am I popping up? I'm not popping up. I I follow myself. Am I not live yet? Is that what it is? There you go. There you go. I'm live. I'm, I'm, I'm fucking live action. This is thrilling stuff, but I need to send a tweet. Doing this is this is a little uh, behind the scenes here. Doing live pickums. That's fun to say. Pickums. God damn it! Autocorrect. Come join. Hey, I love doing the a. It's my Canadian in me. I'm not Canadian, but there you go. Okay, set the tweet out. Doesn't matter if we get anybody or not. We are live action. I'm gonna do the pickum for this card, boys. Boys, gotta look here. I love this card. I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, this is why Fight Island was designed. This is why it was. European fighters, Eastern European fighters, any kind of European fighter, anybody really all over the world, they needed they couldn't get into Vegas. They couldn't get into America, right? So you put it on Fight Island, and you got so many good talents from all over the world in this card. Headlined by a great band and wipeout, which is impossible to pick. I do not have a mark down here yet. Matter of fact, I I end up making my mind, so I just marked it. Um, but yeah, I, I'm I'm very excited about this card. There's a lot of a lot of guys you don't know. Like if someone came up and asked me, they're like, Brian, is there is there a UFC this weekend? Yeah, absolutely. Is it a great card? Absolutely. Who do I know? No one. Uh, I mean, you might know Edson Barboza. You might know Ben Rothwell if you if you've been a longtime fan. You should know Marlon Marais and Corey Sanhagen, but if you don't, you don't. Um, but there's a lot of really good talents. And if you're a man's man like myself, you should know Tracy Cortez because shoe boy. <laughs> shoe boy's right. Um, but it is a cracker, a cracker of a card. And I'm excited to do this. Um, a lot of unders that I like, which scares me, that always throws me off when I like unders because like I have like, just to give you a little preview of what I do, print off a sheet, I go around, I highlight all the unders that I like the numbers, right? Then I deep into the dive into the fights and see the fighter's record, yada, yada. And then I decide if I like the unders or not. There's a lot of unders I like. Usually I highlight five or six and I go through, if I don't know them, obviously, go through, do some Tate study on them. And then if I don't like them, then I, you know they're, they're done. But there's a lot I like. Let me see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight underdogs that i highlighted and i tell you what you could play all eight of them now are all you could have win probably not you got to decipher you got to pick up for yourself but uh that's what we're here that's what i'm here for 
That's what I'm here for, goddammit. So we're going to have a great card here. I got a little, uh, you know, this is a new program. I told you I was coming video. I'm coming video. So you might see me look over here. You might see me look over there, right? I'll give you a little flex. You know, look at the fucking, look at my neck, dude. I'm fucking... God, I'm so buff. Take a little drink. Shout out Skyline Chili. Support the uh, support the podcast. Sponsor me. All right. Enough of that. Let's get to the first fight of the night. First fight of the night right off the shoots. We got some names here. Tagir. Tagir. Olabekov. I fucking nailed that. I know I did. He's 12-1. and one. He's a minus 420 favorite. Heavy. He is fighting Bruno Silvia, 10-5-2. He's a plus 310 underdog. Spoiler alert, this isn't one of the underdogs that I highlighted. It just wasn't. Um, actually, th these fights switched on me. It doesn't matter. Anyway, I just, you know, whatever. Um, Tagir has been training with Khabib since he was like fucking six years old. They've wrestled bears together. They, you know, they probably killed more bears than I've seen. Um, he's a legit dude, right? His one loss is a bullshit decision loss. He's fought all of his, made most of his bones over in Russia fighting the top Sambo guys, the top wrestling guys. He's fucking... Hungry dudes who are probably going to make it to the UFC one day or another. This kid's legit. He's got good submission skills. He's got good finishing skills. He fights similar to Khabib. He's 125er, so he's a little lighter. A little light in the ass, but uh, solid, solid prospect. I like this kid a lot. Do I like him at 420? No. No. Not 420. Making his UFC debut. He's fighting Bruno Silva. He's 10-5-2. Bruno... Hasn't really lit the world on fire. Good jujitsu, not great jujitsu in my opinion. Um, he's probably gonna want to try to keep this fight standing because I see a Tagir just taking him down, smothering him, beating him up, doing whatever he wants with him on the ground. Um, this is a classic Dagestan, Russia versus Brazil. I always lean Russians in this situation. The Russians are so goddamn hot right now. Um, so I'm gonna go Tagir. Huge chalk play. It's hard for me to recommend if you should bet this fight. If there's a prop in there, which I don't have pre prepared because I kind of did this, I'm always a last minute guy uh, when it comes to shit like this. So I, I, I unfortunately did this last minute. So I don't know if there's a prop available um, that's reasonable, but minus 420 is not reasonable making your CD boo. I know you train with Khabib. I think that's why you're this high. You are very talented, but I, I might avoid this fight. But I'm definitely going to take to gear if I'm pronouncing his name. If I'm not. He's going to be my pick. There it is right there. Look at that. Look at this on the screen. Uh, is this a high-tech situation or not? To gear at minus 420. I mean, is this is this high-tech? What are we doing here, man? It's 2020. I'm going to take him, though. Minus 420 is a, a tough sell for me. It's a real tough sell. All right, next up, we have Tracy Cortez. Moby Mia. She's 7-1. and one. She's a minus 265 favorite. She's fighting Stephanie Edgar, I believe. Is that how you pronounce her name? She's 5-1. She's a plus 210 underdog. This fight's actually really hard to call. Uh, Edgar is really good on the ground. She's solid, solid on the ground. She has a lot of submissions, making her UFC debut. Solid prospect. Tracy Cortez is one of those girls um, come from the Contender Series. She's gorgeous. She's a, a fucking smoke show. She's all those things you, you want in a fighter, and she's also like a dog. She's got that dog in her. She's tough. Um, not great everywhere. She's going to probably avoid the ground, want to keep this fight standing. I think she has good cardio. I think she has good pace to her. Cortez, that is. Edgar, she's got a big uphill battle to climb here. Um, I don't. Is she Mackenzie Dern on the ground? Is she super slick on the ground? No, but she has a lot of finishes. But what kind of competition is she fighting? Tracy Cortez, I believe this is her UFC debut from the Contender Series, if I'm not mistaken. A lot of hype around this girl. She's very marketable. She's very easy to look at. I don't know if I mentioned that before. Um, so with that being said, another chalky play for your boy. I'm going to go Tracy Cortez at minus 265. My strict rule is, is I usually don't bet on women's fights and it's not sexist. It's just, they can go any way. They scare me. I've been burned before. I've been hurt. I've been hurt in the past guys. 
So I probably would avoid this fight, but I do actually think 265 minus 265 is a playable number for Tracy. If you're that convicted, if you're that invested in Cortez, I think that's a really playable number. I know it's a little chalky. It's a little high, um, but I actually like it. I don't hate it. I think she can probably just get that dog in her and really win this fight everywhere. Keep it scrappy is what they say. You know, she'll scrap Egger. And, uh, you know, I think this is going to be actually a pretty competitive fight if it hits the ground because Cortez is always going to be in danger. But I think it's probably going to stay on the feet. I think Cortez is going to be able to keep it on the feet. All right. So that's it for that one. Next up. Here we go. One of the fights I'm looking forward to the most. I love this fight. Giga Chikatse, or excuse me, plus 126 underdog. He's an underdog. He is 10 and 2. He is fighting Omar Morales, who's 10 and 0. And he is a minus 154 favorite. Battle the strikers. Um, Omar's crazy. He throws a lot of wild shit. He's got some power. I wouldn't say he's the most technical striker in the world. I think Giga Chikatse is the most technical, not the most technical, but more the more technical striker. That's how you say that. Those, those are words. Those are English sentences. Um, Giga's really clean. He's really crisp. He's good on his um, feet. Former kickboxer. Fought in glory. He looked great all, uh, on his last time out. Um, I know he fought Erwin Rivera. as a little undersized, but he's looked good throughout his career. His only one blemish was on the contender series to uh, Jamal Elmers. Or not his one blemish. One blemish in the UFC, I guess, right? Lost to Jamal Elmers. Um, I feel like this guy's worked his, his game a little bit. He's tall. He's long. He's lanky. <clears throat> he's talking about maybe taking this fight to the ground and submitting uh, Omar Morales. I don't think he'll be able to get the fight to the ground. I think that maybe is a little, little mind games. I think they're going to stand up. I think Giga Katasi can really use his length here. I'm butchered that last name right there. I think he can use his, his length right here. Kick the legs up. Um, Omar Morales is, is a spinning shit kind of guy. Likes to throw that spinning wheel kick. Likes to throw that spinning back fist. Looks like a fucking Greek. God, ripped to shit. Um, undefeated. Hasn't tasted loss yet. I think he's going to come in here a little overconfident. I think he's going to be willing to strike with Giga. I think that's going to be a problem for him. <clears throat> I think Giga is going to be way more technical. I think after the second round, Omar is going to figure that out and maybe switch up game plans. Let me shoot on this guy. Let me let me try to rough this guy. Let me let me pivot here because he's he's out pointing me. He's kicking my legs up. He's kicking my body up. He's hitting me and moving. I need to switch something up here. So I think that's what's going to happen. I'm going to take Giga, and I don't want no cats. Be a dog. We don't need no meows. We don't need no cats. We need more dogs. We need more dogs. And this is the MMA Takes Underdog Lock in the Night. Giga Kasaki at plus 126. I got these lines yesterday. This might have moved. I was actually surprised he was an underdog. You're going to get a good value for your buck here. You're going to double your money. You're almost going to one half your money, essentially, at plus 126. I think this is a really good play. I think this is going to come down to decision. I don't think Giga has the biggest power. He could land a head kick. He could land um, multiple leg kicks, stop the fight that way. I just don't really trust his hands yet. Omar can finish the fight as well. I can understand why he's a slight favorite here. Um, minus 154 is way too high. I don't think you can play Omar in this situation. I think if it's going to come down to a close decision, I think they're going to give it to Giga. Giga, um, but it's a really interesting fight. I'm really excited for this fight. Of all the underdogs I marked here, he kept jumping out to me. I think this could be one of my two, like, really looking forward to fight the night. It's buried really low on this card, which is surprising me because I think it's going to be super technical. Could produce some fireworks. Two stand-up strikers who just fucking go out there and, and they they bring it every single time. I love it. I'm going Giga. You see it on the screen. He's my underdog lock of the night. Plus 126. Boys, I've been hot on my underdog locks. Either I win or I push, right? Um, hopefully, because I haven't, I haven't made my bet yet. I usually I go on Saturday and make my bets. Hopefully, this number stays or even goes higher because I'm very confident in this pick. I think Jigga's going to outpoint him. Just out-fucking-strike him. Just out 
everything him, right? Okay. Next up. Ah, God damn it. This name. This fucking name. Uh, Alakwasi versus Tony Kelly. Alakwasi is 8-4. and four. He's a plus 195. I know that's not his name. Plus 194 in a dog. He's fighting Tony Kelly, who's minus 245 favorite. This was tough. So full disclosure, this was the last fight I wrote down who I was going to pick. I, wa- I rewatched every one of these fights. I'm very high on Tony Kelly. As you know, he was uncaged. He's he, Shreveport, Louisiana. He was the man down there for a long time. Made his UFC debut. Didn't go his way. He fought Kai Kamaka, who is a fucking stud. That was a great fight. One fight a night. Changed his life. Um, and he, for a guy who literally took four or five years off in Tony Kelly, He's bouncing back pretty quick. Al, Al, I'm just going to call him Al because I'm not going to try to pronounce that last name again and embarrass myself. Al is coming off a, a decision loss to Irwin Rivera where he slowed down a little bit. Doesn't have the most impressive record in the world, right? But he's a durable fighter. Looks exactly like the dude from Barry. I wish I had a picture to put him up. I don't know the guy's from Barry's name, but he looks exactly like him. I've said that like a million times. Al's one of those guys. He's going to want to clinch. He's going to body lock. He's going to take you down. He's going to want to put the pressure on you. He's going to want to really making an ugly kind of dirty fight. He looks like he hits hard, right? Irwin Rivera tasted some power. Irwin Rivera was just a little bit too quick for him. I don't know if Tony Kelly is going to be that much quicker than Allen this time. Tony looks in incredible shape. I saw some pictures of him on Twitter on Fight Island. He looks shredded, looks in the best shape of his life. He's really good on the ground. Like he is crafty on the ground. I don't know if he's great off his back, right? Um, he slowed down a little bit in the Kai fight, but he was a dog in that fight, right? He took some shots, took some a lot of shots, actually. Got his face fucked up, got taken down, didn't really do much, but wasn't like stagnant on the ground. Um, I think this fight is going to be a really good fight. I had Al initially, and then my heart says, Brian, you're an MTV Cage guy. You watched that show. Go Tony Kelly. So I went Tony Kelly. Even though it's a super chalky pick at minus 245, I'm going to make a lot of plays this weekend, right? I took last weekend off, was a little sick, had a headache. Well, not sick, had a headache, whatever, migraine. So I took last weekend off, right? And I went six and four of my picks. I, I would have probably made no money because my uh, one big bet that I was going to do was a push. This week, I'm, 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 going, I'm going for it, right? I'm going for it. Tony Kelly's a guy that I want to bet because I like him. It's a heart pick, but... Minus 245 against a durable guy who in the value is on outside. Let's let's no mistake about it. The value is on outside. I think he's a scrappy dude. His record's not impressive. He's 0-1 in the UFC. So is Tony Kelly, but he's just a scrappy guy. He's strong in that clinch. He can take you down. Tony Kelly doesn't have the best takedown offense because he likes to play the guard game. He likes to play off his back. He does have a lot of submission wins. Um, I just I, I'm good to go with Tony Kelly. That's my official pick. It's my official heart pick. MMA takes heart pick of the week, but 245 is too high for me. It's just too high for me for a guy 0-1. I know he looked good against Kai Kamaka, who I think is a fucking stud, but it's just it, it, I can't. I can't. It's just too chalky. I'm not gonna play this fight. But if you are looking for underdogs, you're a dog hunter, right? Al is a guy you can look at. I definitely looked at him, but I'm going to go t- Tony Kelly in this fight. Minus 245 is is a little steep for me right now. For guys own one who hasn't showed a ton, but he does look in an incredible shape. So hopefully that line moves a little. If it moves south, if it goes a, like 210, 220, which I don't think the line's going to have that bitch, that big of movement being a prelim uh, card, uh, prelim fight, excuse me. But if it does, then your boy's looking at him. Then I'm looking at him hard. Uh, all right, next up, you got another name that I need to pronounce because I love this guy. Impa Kasanane. I think I pronounced that right. He is 8-0. He's fighting 
Jaquan, Jaquin, Hakeem. I do not know how to pronounce his name. It's three different ways. I don't want to be insensitive. Buckley, who's 10 and 4. Uh, Impa is minus 265. Buckley's a plus 210 underdog. Buckley looked fantastic against Kevin Holland. The guy's got big, big power. He's an exciting fighter. It sucks that he got knocked out the way he did, right? It was a highlight reel for Kevin Holland. Kevin Holland's a stud, though, so there's no, you know, you shouldn't be embarrassed by that loss, right? Impa's coming up. This guy, you follow him on Twitter. He's one of the most positive fucking guys there is he's constantly looking for a fight he says he cuts weight every single week to be fight ready on thursday he can make weight on friday the guy's a different kind of breed right former football player coming over was on the contender series made his ufc debut and uh won a really tough fight in his ufc debut <sighs> i i like kasana here i like him at minus 265 too it, it, it's kind of weird how I just shit all of Tony Kelly because he's 0-1 and, and Kasanane Impa is only 1-0. But it's what I've seen on paper, too. I mean, listen, Kasanane has fought some tough dudes. He's super athletic. He's in incredible shape. And Buckley looked really good against um, Holland, but he's a little wild, right? He threw some big body shots. He threw some wild hooks. That could be a benefit here. That could catch Impa. But when you saw Impa fight last, his hands were here. That motherfucker did not take his hands down the entire time. That dude's hands-up drill, you know, sometimes they put a basketball on your arms and they make you stay right here and don't drop that basketball. That dude's defensive skills are great. He's hand, his hands are high, right? He throws good punches. He's got good grappling. He's got good cardio for how ripped up he is. Both these guys have similar bodies. They're both jacked. I like it, but minus 265. Now, am I going to play him straight up? Probably not, but definitely I'm going to go. I'm going to probably put him in a parlay, multiple parlays. I'm going to do it. This is a good parlay card, in my opinion. And I'm probably going to prop him as well. I don't think he'll get a finish over Buckley. I don't think Buckley has a chin problem. I think he just got caught. He was a little tired against Holland, got caught with a beautiful punch. Even though Kevin Holland is, I mean, he's a good striker, but he's not the most heavy handed guy. He's got a lot of not, he's got some knockouts, but it's more overwhelming stuff. It's not like a one punch thing. So maybe Buckley does have a chin issue. Um, Impo showed some good power. He showed some overall game. I like the guy's mental. I like that he wants to fight fucking every weekend. Um, he cuts weight every week, which I don't know how healthy that is. But the dude's a savage. You got to like this guy. You got to root for this guy. I'm definitely rooting for him. So this might be a hard pick as well because I do think there's some value on Buckley. I think he's an interesting guy here. We've only seen a little bit of him. It was like a fight of the night against Kevin Holland, who, again, is, is a fucking stud. And he looked good in that fight. You know, he's busting up Kevin Holland's ribs a little bit, laying on some good shots. But defensively... Uh, he had some problems because Kevin Holland's height. That's not going to be an issue in this fight. So there is some value on plus 210 on, on Buckley. I'm just an Impa guy, right? I can't go against my guy. He's not my guy yet, but he's close. And uh, I like him at minus 265. I hope it doesn't balloon up. I've talked about it a lot. It's still early. This is a Wednesday. So I got like three three days to the fight, so it can move a little bit. But um, I like Impa. I like Impa here, baby. Let's go. Impa minus 265. I said his last name. I probably butchered it again. I need to learn how to say that because... Uh, I like the guy a lot. All right, next up, Rodrigo Nascimento. I think I nailed that, by the way. Minus 290. He is, what is he? Ba 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 ba. Eight. No, he's finding Chris Dacus, who is eight, nine, and three. He's a plus 225 underdog. Nascimento is not, uh, minus 290. Big boys, big heavyweights here. Chris Dacus, brother Kyle Dacus, made his UFC debut recently, got a good win, kind of a sloppy win, right? Um, Nascimento is undefeated in the UFC and in life and in just MMA. Um, big kid, solid kid, strong, good on the ground. Submission skills are on point. Dawkins, heavy handed kid. Um, you know, 
Not the most ripped up heavyweight. Like I think if I pop my shirt off, I might have, I might get him. One of the very few times I can say I have a better physique than a UFC fighter. Now, will Dawkins beat me up? Probably. Yeah, he beat me in a fight. There's no probably he would, but I think I have a better physique than him. Um, it's tough because Dawkins, I think, is a solid fighter, but he's got some hiccups on his record. I don't know if he's cleaned all those up. I think if this goes to the ground, he's going to be in trouble. Um, it, 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 it's hard to do it, but I'm going to go chalk. I'm going to go minus 290, Roger, Rodrigo Natsumento. Um, I think he's a solid heavyweight prospect as well. I don't think this is just like a, a, a throw in the dark. I actually think this line is is correctly placed here. They're both one of them UFC. Dawkins didn't look great in his debut, right? He's kind of a brawler. He wants to catch you. Natsumento is going to get you to the ground. He's heavy on top. Um, Dawkins has been submitted before. I think that's what's going to happen here. I think I think submissions are going to be a big part of this. I think it's going to get to the ground finish. I would prop this if you don't want to touch two ninety. Don't don't. I don't blame you. It is high. It is chalky. But if you want to maybe touch this fight, I would go maybe um, over under rounds. I would go you know if it, if it's set two and a half, I would go under. I would go not to by finish as well. If not more specific submission finish. Um, I think those are your plays here, but t- if you want to take him straight up to 90 in a parlay, I don't think he's a parlay buster. I think that's a, that's a, that's a positive, positive bet. So Rodrigo Natsumeto, he's going to be minus 290. I like it. I like it. I like it. All right, next up fight. I'm actually really curious about, and I'll, and I'll explain why Tom Breeze. He's 11 and two. He's minus 280, uh, favorite. He's fighting KB Bula, who is, uh, eight. No, right. He is a plus 220 underdog. KB's brother, I believe, fought in the UFC at one point, Pride of Canada. Um, I think every fighter that fights out of Canada is Pride of Canada, right? Uh, at least I'm going to say that. Tom Breeze has had some hiccups. He's had some mental issues. He need, he's needed to see a sports psychologist, which I think is great. Listen, if you got some shit in your head, you need to work it out. That I, you know, GSP did it, right? The, one of the best of all times did it. If you need to talk some shit out, that, that's a good thing. Problem is, I think sometimes when he comes in the cage, like his last fight, he just... He blanks a little bit. I think he doesn't realize how really good he is. He's been doing some grappling tournaments outside of MMA. Hasn't really been winning, but he's been trying to over well round his game. I like him at 170. Is this 170 or 85? Okay, so this is 85, so I'm wrong. So excuse me. Both these guys are used to fight at 70. So they're doing at 85. I don't like Breeze at 85. I like him at 70. Um, usually I'm not an advocate of guys cutting weight, but I do think Breeze is is more equipped, better equipped, I should say, at 170. KB's a guy who you can't find fight footage on this guy right? I've looked, I looked on, well, I've only looked on YouTube, but I can't find anything. You type in his name. It's just all these interviews he's doing about his UFC debut and this and that. You know, he took five years off. He's an incredible good grappler. His record's impressive. He's plus 220 underdog against a guy who's got a little bit of confidence issues, got submitted his last time out, hasn't won a UFC fight in a little bit, is a very high favorite, who's not the most active guy, right? Not the most active, coming off a loss, have a little bit of confidence issues against a guy who took five years off, refound his love, who is a good grappler, who has submissions, and is a huge underdog. Hmm. Hmm, boys. I wonder who I'm going to take here. Yeah, I'm taking the dog. Plus 220? What? That's crazy to me. Tom Breeze, solid fighter. Good fighter, right? He has some issues on the ground, right? And I think KB is going to take him to the ground. And I think he can, if he not submit him, I think he can wear on him and win this decision. And if you're staring plus 220 at me, I know he's a debuting UFC fighter. I know he's taking some time off, but I think that's going to help him here. I think he's really good on the ground. I think he can get to the fight to the ground. I don't know how his cardio is, right? Because I haven't seen fight footage on him. I've, I've just went to his record, saw who he fought, and kind of bounced around that way since I couldn't find fight footage on him. So I don't know how his cardio is. Assuming that he's a grappler, I'm hoping his cardio is on point 
because you're gonna fucking need that, right? If you're a card, I mean, you got to be a card machine if you're if you're a goddamn grappler. That's just, it's just what it is. I like him at plus two twenty. I like underdogs. Like, listen, I'm I'm hunting. You know, kind of going this blind. This is my blind pick of the week because I don't have a lot of footage or no footage of KB. Couldn't even find a highlight footage of him. Just some interviews. Try to watch him interview wise and try to um, decipher how confident he is in this fight and whatever like that. You know, try to read people. I'm a people reader, but uh, yeah, I, I I just I don't know. I just everything's stacked up with Tom Breeze. Now, if this fight was like even, then it's kind of a coin flip. In my opinion, you can go Breeze, you can go Bueller. I think you're a madman if you bet Breeze here. I really do. If you don't, if you don't agree with Bueller, if you don't agree with KB winning this fight, that's fine. Plus 220, value's there. But if you're going to look me in the eye and tell me that you're going to place a single wager on Tom Breeze, who's a minus 280, I mean, <laughs> what are we doing here? Like, I will, I will take you seriously. There's no way I can. You can't be that confident in Tom Breeze unless you're like his best friend. Unless you're from, what is he, from England, right? Unless you're from from London. You know, like that's the only way. That's the only way. There's no way you're going to be that confident. Minus 280. Maybe 180. Maybe 175. 165. Yeah, sure, he's playable. Minus 280. No. And I think that's partly because I think Vegas, who sets the lines, are having the same issue I'm having. They don't know who this fucking KB guy is. They don't know where he's fought. They don't know who he's fought. They can't find fight footage of him. So I think that's a solid underdog pick. I'm not confident in it because it's my blind pick of the week, but I like it. All right, main card time. Woo! This We're ki- we're kicking off the main card with the fucking banger. Let me take a drink. Let me... Sorry sorry about the noise. All the audio files out there, if this, this bothers you, apologies. All right, I think that's done. All right, that sucks. All right, main event. You see Salah, who is 10 and 2. He's a minus 188 favorite. Now, listen, do not fucking give me shit for trying to pronounce this guy's name. I've looked up fight footage of him. Every fight I've seen is in like Russian, German, Georgian, French, Spanish, whatever. I, they haven't, there's no English pronunciation of it. So I haven't heard it phonetically. I haven't heard it yet. Here we go. Aliyah Topira. I fucking think I nailed that. Okay. Topura is what I'm going to call him. Topora. Topora, right? Let's see. Topura. Topora. Topora it is. He is a plus 152 underdog. This is a banger. This is the fight a lot of people are looking forward to, including myself. Uzisa Law. I've criminally underrated him his entire career. I think I've picked against him every single time except once. He's always, always proven me wrong so far. His striking is really good. His fight IQ is bad, though, right? He's getting, he's younger. He's getting used to it. There's times where I feel like he could have finished the fight. He didn't. Jordan Griffin, perfect example. He had that fight won. I feel like he played around a little too much with Jordan Griffin. He, he got he got takedown hungry. He you know liked to takedown because he's winning that aspect. Jordan Griffin tired a little bit. I feel like Juzisa Law, fancy striker, has a flying knee knockout outside the UFC. That's basically what we got him signed to the UFC. He can he can get it done right. Good hands, good everything. Good cardio, young you know whatever wants to fight. But the Jordan Griffin fight leaves a sour taste in my mouth. Now, Tapora is a guy that I had to research, didn't know a ton about him, right? Um, 8-0, impressive record, underdog in this situation. I've seen a lot of people on Twitter and uh, other places really respect this guy. They, they know his game more than I do, so I had, to, I had to fucking look. I had to look him up. Impressive stuff, right? He's very calm and collected in the stand-up. I saw a fight where he's kind of losing the stand-up. He's fighting a guy who's throwing haymakers at him and just throwing big shots, trying to get him out of the early, hands high, kept the composure, stuck the jab, footwork looked good. This was about a year and a half ago, too, so I'm assuming since he's that young, he's 25, 26, he's only gotten better from that. But he looked very calm and composed in the striking. His striking is also really good. He has a good, really good right hand, left hook to the body. 
Um, his kicks are okay. They're not anything to write home about, but he's really good on the ground. He's a fucking killer on the ground. He had a high elbow guillotine in the fight that I saw. I thought he's going to wrap it up, turn to mount, readjust his grip, finish it that way. Um, this kid's a killer. The law likes to shoot sometimes, right? I think he's best on his feet. I think he's a dynamo on his feet, but sometimes for whatever reason, he likes to shoot. And I think if he shoots on this kid, it's going to be a problem. I think it's going to be a real big problem. Um, stand-up wise, I think Zalal is going to have the edge. He's a little more experienced. He's got some fancy kicks. He's got some uh, big power. Not big power, excuse me. He's got some really good combinations, really good punches. I think he's having the speed advantage. I think if he decides to just stay up the whole time, Tapor's going to look for some takedowns eventually. I think the first round, he's going to feel him out. He seems like a patient fighter. I think he's going to feel him out. He's going to kind of get the reads on him and then maybe assess if I'm going to take this kid down or not. Zalal law has been taken down before. He's not like, you know, he doesn't have a fucking GSP takedown offense. It is a problem for him at times. He's obviously getting better every day. He's young. He's fighting actively. With all that being said, this is a really tough pick, but I'm going underdog here, baby. I'm going to Pora at plus 152. It's my risky business bet. My risky business bet. This is a fight that I'm going to play straight. I'm not going to add it to a parlay because it listens. The law is a legit, legit prospect. He's very, very good. I just like the number on the other side of this Tapura kid who I think could be really special. Even if he loses this fight, I still think he has a real big, bright future. Um, just from what I've seen, his skills are amazing. He's a finisher. And I think all his wins are by finish, right? And he's just a solid dude. And he's fighting really good guys, too. I looked at the guys' records he's fighting. I think they all had winning records or, you know, right around winning records, which is very unusual for a guy coming to the UFC. Because typically, if a guy is this good, other people avoid him because they're trying to pad the records to get to the UFC. Usually, guys that come in the UFC, they fight guys who are like 5 and 13, 2 and 18. There's one guy who's 0 and 21, right? So, this guy's actually fought some really good competitions. The law is really hot right now. He's good, but. Plus 152 on a kid that's making his debut that has a 100% finish rate. And to me, with these eyes, has looked really good. I feel like he's looked really good uh, outside the UFC. I think he is composed. I think he's ready. I think he's fucking ready. And I'm ready to win some money. This could be a straight play for your boy. Um, plus 152 is, is a nice number. I think it's going to go down a little bit. I have heard a lot of people, sharps, handicappers, other people I respect. They like Tapura as well. Um... Believe it or not, a lot of the, I mean, we, me, all the other handicappers, they, we move lines, right? Not just me. I know I have an ego. I'm going to say me, but there's a million people that are moving lines right now. And I think this line's definitely going to move. And uh, But I like Tapura. Uh, this is a bet that if it drops, let me look right now. Let me look right now. We're live. Fuck it. We'll do it live. Let me look right now. Because if it drops to, if he's already under 130, plus 130, I'm going to go tomorrow and place a bet on him. Because that's how confident I am in. And my computer just stopped working. There you go. There you go. Slow. Dead air. Dead air. What are you guys up to? Huh? What's up, YouTube? What are you guys up to? Fucking. There you go. Okay. So if he's under 130, boys, I'm, I might go to Indiana right now. It's, what is it? Nine o'clock. I got to wake up at 5 a.m. I'm going to Indiana right now if it's under, if it's under 130. <sighs> okay. It's literally the slowest thing I've ever seen. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh boy, where are you at? Okay, it's not on here. I don't see it. There it is. Plus one fifty two on Fanduel, which is what I play. So, yes, yes, yes. Underdog play. Let's go, everybody! All right, next up, you got Tom Aspinall, 
who is a minus 500. These lines just came out today. He is under, well, he's not under, excuse me. What is it? I got horrible eyes here, bus. He's eight and two. He's finding Alan Badot. 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 He is eight and one. He is a plus three, uh, plus three sixty underdog. Aspinall looked great in his UFC debut. He did fight Jake Collier, who looks like he ate Jake Collier. Jake Collier fought at 185, fought at 205, came in at heavyweight, looked terrible. Another guy I think I have a better physique than. Rough. He looked really rough. Um, so, but Aspinall did what he was supposed to do. Went out there and knocked the guy out in like a fucking minute, right? Aspinall, really good boxer. Apparently, he's really good on the ground as well. Haven't seen a, a lot of him on the ground. Some of his losses were kind of just, I think, more like mental mistakes for him. Uh, but a lot, he's got knocked out by uh, who do you got knocked out? Um, shit. I'll look it up. I'll look it up. I got it right here. My computer's running slow. Uh, he got knocked out, but his only loss is by a UFC vet. Right, this guy's kind of got an interesting story. I do not know a ton about him. Born in France, trains in uh, Japan, fighting out of Japan, but he's from Lyon, France. He got knocked out by Dolce, yeah, Dolce Lungo Balabua, which I fucking nailed. He got knocked out by him uh, back in 2017. So this is pretty easy for me, guys. I mean, listen, this is going to be Tom Aspinall all night. I will not touch minus 500. However, this is my send him home. home. Send him home early. Send him home early. Tom Aspinall, I don't see how this is going to go past the first, second round. It's going to be a knockout. Every time, though, with these big heavyweight fights where both guys have a lot of finishes, it goes to a sloppy third round, and they're fucking new, and they're tired and stuff. I think Aspinall, I have hope for him. He's a Darren Till guy. He trains out of Darren Till's camp. Um, he looks really good. A lot of people rave about his boxing. A lot of people rave about his jiu-jitsu. Haven't seen enough of his jiu-jitsu yet, but his boxing did look really good against a Jake Collar who, you know, you know, I don't want to insult him, but yeah, he looked disgusting. Okay. Um, minus 500, though, that's unplayable. I wouldn't put it in a parlay. It's heavyweights. Anything can happen. Balut, Balut, Allen, Alon, Allen, what's his name? Allen? He's got some finishes on his record. I mean, listen, anything can happen. Aspinall has two losses, right? He can come out there and get caught. This is heavyweights. These big boys are throwing hands. So I would avoid this fight. I would go prop if you're doing anything. If you're fucking, I need to bet on every fight. I need to win money. I need to pay that. You know, if you're one of those guys, which is what I am, I'd go prop here. I don't have the props in front of me. I'm unprepared. I'm a son of a bitch. I apologize. Next time I do this, I will be more prepared. I'm sure the prop isn't probably really all that great, but... It's definitely better than minus 500. I can tell you that. Um, so unless you're willing to put $500 down to win 100, I'm, this might not be the fight for you. Might not be the fight for you. All right, next up. Marcus Perez, plus 134 underdog. He is 12-3. He's fighting Drickus Duplessis. Drakus? Drakus Duplessis? What are these names, guys? Come on. South African. He's 14-2, right? 14-2. Minus 164 favorite. This is a fight where I was for sure... Good to bet Marcus Perez. I think Marcus Perez is, is criminally underrated at times. He has fought in the LFA. He's fought Eric Anders. He's fought some studs in the LFA, right? Former champion, I believe, in the LFA. Hasn't really looked that good in the UFC. He's had some problems in the UFC. Has some cardio issues. Does have a good personality. Dresses up like the Joker. I think he called out Hazmat Chemaev. I know that's his name. I call him Kazmat, and I'm never not going to call him that. But it's Hazmat Chemaev. Um, he's called him out, so he's confident, right? You know, doesn't fight all that actively for me. A 185, when he came over, I thought he was going to be kind of a bigger deal. I thought he would make more of a splash. Him and Eric Anders came over right about the right same time. I think Eric Anders has probably like tripled the amount of fights in the UFC he's had. I don't know. That's not a stat. Don't don't correct me on that. Let me just think that's true. Duplassus. I'm a Drakus. Drakus Duplassus. Um, I looked this guy up, right? South African. You know I'm a Dodge Madge guy. I love Dodge Madge in South Africa. 
There's some South Africa guys brewing right now. They're coming over. He looks really good. This guy looks like kind of like a beefier in the fight that I saw, beefier, you know, 85 Conor McGregor a little bit with the beard and the hair. I wish I had a picture to put it up. You can look at it on YouTube. This fight he lost, though. That's kind of sucks. Um, he's only he's only lost. Oh, no, he's lost twice. But he got that loss back. So he beat the guy. He lost to the guy. Whatever. Solid prospect. I look at this guy. He's got a lot of wins by choke. He's got a lot of wins by finish. Um, some by knockout. Mostly by submissions. Marcus Perez struggled with takedowns in the past. Is right, right. You know, he's a good striker. I don't think he's terrible on the ground. It's like he, he gets to the ground. He's a dead fish. You know what I mean? He could he could survive. You know, he can swim a little bit. I just think that I'm gonna go chalk here at minus one sixty four. I'm gonna go fucking uh, Drekus here. Drekus two plus at minus one sixty four. Listen, I wanted to take the underdog so bad here. I really did. But after watching footage of this this kid, I think he looks really good. And I've made the mistake of betting against a South African before in Don Madge in his UFC debut against T. Edwards. And now Don Madge, one of my all-time favorite fighters, been on the podcast. Shout out Don Madge. Um, but uh, I'm not going to doubt these South Africans anymore. I'm just not going to do it. They don't. There's not a lot right coming mma they're booming down there i saw some of the promotions he has fought outside of south africa by the way but i've seen some of the promotions they do down there it's a big fucking event i believe he fought in ksw which is like a, a pretty good size event over there in europe um but i like this kid i like this kid at minus 164 i think this is a straight bet uh because marcus Perez is spicy at plus 134 i'm not gonna lie to you he is a little spicy there but i'm gonna go the south african baby let's go minus 164 Let's do it. All right. Big boys. Ben Rothwell, minus 170. He is 30 and 12. He is fighting Marcin Tybora, who is 19 and 6, plus 138 underdog. Listen, um, I don't have a ton to say about this fight. I, you know, a lot of people love Ben Rothwell. I don't. I, you know, I just, I, sometimes he's like a walking punching bag. Other times he looks good. Um, he's been busted with steroids like five times. No one seems to ever talk about it. He's not the same fighter off steroids. He's got double digit losses. I feel like he's lost some of his fights that he should have won. Should have won some that he lost. Whatever the fuck case might be. He's fighting a guy, Marshall Jabora, who I think even less of. I just don't think he's an elite heavyweight. I think he can get bullied around. I think he's got a chin problem. I think the only thing Tabora has going for him, he's got some decent strikes. He's been wanting to grapple a lot lately. He's been wanting to clinch a lot lately, kind of smother guys. He's fought a little undersized guys at heavyweight. I think that's not going to play here with Ben Rothwell. Ben Rothwell has some good takedown offense. I don't think he's great off his back, but he's heavy on top. Um, I'm gonna go Ben Rothwell. This gonna be my void fight of the night at minus 170. I just don't love that number. I just don't love this fight. I don't really have a strong opinion either way. But since I'm doing this podcast, I have to give the picks. I'm gonna go Ben Rothwell. I hear a lot of people very confident in that pick, and I and and, and I applaud you. But for me, it's just it's just one of the stinkers on the card that I'm just not really looking forward to. I think it's gonna be kind of an ugly fight. Tabor's gonna want to clinch. Ben's gonna accept the clinch because he's bigger, stronger. When they get they get out, Tabor's gonna land some kicks. Rothwell's gonna land some strikes. They're both super slow. You know, I you know, I, it's just it's just not my kind of fight right now. I just I think they isn't isn't the the Aspinall heavyweight fight. I think it's gonna be better. So it is what it is. I just you know Ben Wathrow minus one seventy my pick. All right, co-main event right we're there. Edson Barboza, Edson Barboza. He is twenty nine. He's a minus two sixty five favorite. He's fighting Maquin Amir Khani, who is sixteen and four plus two ten underdog. Mister Finland, good looking guy. Good looking guy, Amir Khani. I'll say that. Both guys pretty good looking, right? Amir Khani, handsome dude. Um, this was supposed to be one of my guys, uh, Sadiq Yusuf, which I love that fight. That was an awesome fight, right? Edson is at 45 now, which I don't love. A little older in his career, trying to revamp his career. He's got to do a lot of weight cut. Where's that weight coming from? 
The guy is fucking shred city. He's got doesn't have an ounce of fat on him. Where's that weight coming from then for him to get the I mean he wasn't the biggest 155er, but he's jacked, right? And he's got very low body fat. I do not know where that weight's coming from for him to make 145. Excuse me. Mir Connie took this fight at short notice. Um this to me, right? Again, I, I could break this down. Amir Khan stand up. Let me break it down before I get into it. Amir Khan stand up is average at best, right? He's got a flying knee knockout. One of his first two UFC fights. Can't remember which one it is. It was his first one or second one. I think it might have been his first one. Flying knee knockout in like seconds, right? Good looking kid. Trained with Connor for a little bit. Has some markability to him. Speaks good English, right? You know, he's one of the few fighters from Finland. Um, so they, they gave him a little push. And then every time he, he met a new challenge, he failed, right? Really good on the ground, right? He can take you down and he's, and he's good on the ground. Problem is, let me just retract what I just said. He can't take you down, but he's not great at it. He's not a great wrestler, right? He's got some tricks. He'll, he'll jump for legs. He'll jump, pull guard, all that stuff. But his wrestling isn't world-class, in my opinion. I don't think he's going to sniff Edson on the ground. I don't think he's going to touch Edson on the ground. I think he can submit Edson, right? Not, not a lot of people have, but I think he possibly could. Problem is, I don't think he's going to get it there. I think Edson's going to dominate this fight. I think it's going to be leg kick central. I think Amir Khani is going to get stopped. Not only do I love Edson at fucking... Minus 265. I also love him. Let me move that up here. Minus 265. Oslo was my mortal lock. Now, I have literally in like two straight months hit my mortal locks. My mortal lock is you empty the clip. You fucking bet everything you own on this fight. There's no way in my mind Edson Barboza loses this fight. I think he wins. I'm so confident I'm going to take him three ways. Three-way play, boys. Straight up. Minus 265, empty the clip on him. Parlay, chalky parlay, underdog parlay, confident parlay. Because this is a fight you're going to want on your most confident parlay. Not a Hail Mary parlay, not a parlay like, oh, if I win this, great. No, no, no. Put him in a parlay that you're like, oh, there's no way this is losing. Prop the finish. He's finished Samir Khan. He's getting him out of there. He's getting him out of there. Samir Khan, has gas problems, doesn't have the best gas tank, and he's just not equipped to fight a guy like fucking Barboza. I am shocked. He took this fight. There's no way he's getting the fight to the ground. His stand-up is not even on the same level, right? Barboza looked really good against Ige. A lot of people thought he won that fight. I, I, I think I scored it for Ige, but it's very close. I would have no problem either way. But you got to go Edson here. Mortal lock. You, you see, the, see that on the screen right there? You fucking bet it. Look at me in the eyeballs. You bet it. You bet the fight. All right, main event, baby. Fight I've been looking forward to for a while. Marlon Marais, one of the worst Mickey Mouse voices ever. He is 23-6-1. He's a plus-116 underdog. He's fighting Corey Sanhagen, excuse me, who is 12-2. He's a plus, uh, excuse me, minus-142 favorite. Man, banger of a main event. I love this fight. 135 is wide open now that, that uh, Cejudo's out there. Aljo's going to get Jan. I think Jan is a solid champion. However, I do think he's beatable. I think Aljo could beat him. I think Sanhagen and Marais could beat him on a good night, right? Petrion, really good stand-up, really good striking, good cardio, as tough as they come. But I think he has vulnerabilities. I think he can be exposed. We haven't really seen him on the ground yet. We've seen him get clipped uh, in a fight before. He's been dropped before. John Dotson dropped him. So, I mean, that doesn't really say much, right? We're, I'm just kind of poking holes at him at this point. But the main event's really good. Marlon Marais, kind of one of the more underappreciated number one ranked guys in the world, right? He beat Josie Aldo. Everyone said he lost, right? So he doesn't get any of these title shots. Kind of sucks because he already had Cejudo, right? So he lost to Cejudo. So it was kind of like, well, we can't just run that back, right? You had a good first round, but then you kind of fell apart a little bit. Former champion of World Series of Fighting. This kid is a stud, right? He was at Mark Henry's. Now he's an American top team. A little bit different. 
Quinn Sanhagen coming off an embarrassing loss, in my opinion, to Aljo. He just looked like he was never in that fight. He got to the ground. He looked a little lost. Sanhagen, not world-class on the ground. He has good submissions. He's been in submission trouble before. He's, uh, Yuri Akonchi got him in armbar. He's been in chokes before as well. He's gotten out of it because he's scrappy. He's tough. He didn't want to fucking tap to Aljo, but he just had to, right? Aljo wrapped him up. He's a human anaconda. He's a fucking human backpack. The kid's sick on the ground. Sanhagen, I think, underestimated Aljo on the ground. I think he overestimated himself. Don't think that's going to be an issue here. I think Marlon maybe will hunt for a takedown. Um, but Marlon is one of those guys that feel like he's he's kind of alpha-minded. He's going to stand up, right? I feel like he had some opportunities to maybe switch things up on Jose. Never did, right? Want to stand up. Even though in the second second half of the second round and the third round, he was losing a stand-up, getting beat up to the body, really had no answers, kind of slowed down a little bit. He didn't really know what to do. Henry Cejudo, he didn't really have the choice to take it down because, you know, you know that just, Henry Cejudo, you're not going to get him down. All his other fights before Cejudo, he was hot. You know, he's knocking dudes out left and right. Uh, you know, I like Marlon Marais. I don't love him, right? At plus 116, he's definitely a playable guy. I see a lot of people throwing money on him. Sanhagen, I think it's a little high for me. At minus 142, I think that's a little high for a guy coming off a loss. You know, he's the taller guy in the division. He's going to give Marlon problems on the feet. Sanhagen, though, leaves himself open quite a bit, right? He's got a good chin. Kind of leaves himself, that's his style. He leaves himself open to counter. He leaves himself open to open things up for himself. But with that, with that being said, Marlon, you just can't really leave yourself open that much because he does have big power. He's extremely dangerous in that first round. He's extremely dangerous. And uh, the first round, he's extremely dangerous just everywhere in, in the beginning, right? Sanhagen's got to really mind his P's and Q's, and, and he's really going to have to use his footwork and use his length and, and cut the cage off and, and really avoid some of those shots. He's got to work on his defense. He's been away a little bit from the Aljo. He's got that bitter taste in his mouth. He's a very confident individual. Um, he's one of the guys who have just recently came out and said he has worked with a sports psychologist. I love the confidence on this kid. Even though I don't love minus 142, I'm taking Corey Sanhagen. A lot of people might be surprised about that. People in my inner circle, people on Twitter, they like Marlon Rice. They like him at the number. I just said he was uh, unappreciated at as the number one ranked guy in that division. He's always getting overlooked, and I, I 100% agree with that. I think for some reason, if Aljo doesn't get the next title shot, which would be criminal, the winner in this fight will fight Jan. Um Listen, we need to keep 135 moving. There's some fucking studs in this division. There's some people coming up. There's a lot, a lot of talent in this division. You look at the top 15, there's some studs. I mean, Cheetah Vera is number 15 right now. I think that guy can compete with anybody in that division. Sean O'Malley, not ranked. I know. I know Sean O'Malley just got finished by Cheeto. I think on a good night, Sean O'Malley can compete with anybody in that division. Um, this division's hot right now. One of my favorites in the UFC. A lot of young dogs coming up, so we got to keep it moving. Petrion seems like he wants to be active. Aljo wants to fight in December. Let's make that fucking fight happen. Winner of this fight gets the winner of that fight. I mean, am I mad? I'm not a matchmaker, but I'm trying to I'm trying to put some shit together. So Corn State hanging at minus 142. Um, bet it straight. I don't love it, right? Value is on Marlon's side, but I just, with my big brain in mind, I'm picking Corey uh to win that fight. And uh yeah, that's it. That's the show. Thank you for going live with me. Um, that was fun, right? This will be up on YouTube. You'll be able to watch this, you know, whatever. This why I did it live. I didn't want to record it and then upload it. Uh, recording the podcast as well. We're at 46 minutes. That's actually perfect. Thank you, YouTube. Subscribe, like, rate, or whatever. MMA Takes Podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, all that shit. Uh, let go. There you go. That was that was the YouTube portion. So if you're listening to this, I think I'm still live. I don't know. Who, who cares? All right. Good show. Thank you. Woo! Hey, fellas, do me a favor. Get her down off there. What do you say? Woo! I say let her dance.
Escort this gentleman to the door. Do you see that shit? Yeah. Who is that guy? He's good. He's real good. The name is Dollar.